Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick of Let's Level Up, and uh, unfortunately Aaron is not able to join us today, but I do have my partner back from the dead. Welcome back, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't realize I was dead, yeah. but must have been a fun trip. <laughs> uh, and I promise Aaron is not dead, nor buried in the backyard. He, he's actually traveling to Grand Con. Uh, so as we're recording this, uh, Grand Con is coming up uh, in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and the team is going there, and they're going to have some tournaments, and they're going to have some excitement and some fun. I think they're demoing Sheriff, they're demoing Mage Wars, and uh, if you're not familiar with Grand Con, I would take a second to check it out. It's one of uh, the newer conventions that just started last year, uh, but it's really, really good. It's run by some really, really good people. It's organized well, and it's a lot fun. That's awesome, man. Um, so, are you guys are we just doing apprentice mode here at Grand Con, or uh, what kind of tournaments are we talking about? No, I believe uh, if I remember right that we have a Torsen tournament I think happening there. Oh, cool. Um, and then the uh, yep, and then the um, uh, apprentice mode, and then I think if I know Aaron, he may try and demo uh, Mage Wars Battlegrounds with a few people. We did that. The Gen Con with some of the more experienced players that came by and asked to check out. Uh, yeah, still it's it's still in testing awesome. mode uh, and, and still a lot of you know beta stuff <laughs> or alpha stuff or delta stuff or whatever you want to call it. And, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's coming along really good. It's um, I, th I think I've said it once or twice before, but since we started testing. Uh, Battleground, I haven't played Mage Wars aside from demoing it. I haven't played it in any. Their fashion. Um, I, I love it. I just I love it so much. So it's it's going to be pretty yeah, fun. I can't wait to get my hands on. That's going to be so fun. Um, well, everybody listening, we have an actually a really cool, um, almost like a trip down memory lane for Scott here. But we're going to be talking about one of his favorite mages, uh, the priestess, <laughs> and you know, maybe even touch a little bit on the Malachi priest. Um, I know Scott has had a lot of different battles in the arena with the priestess, and um, I guess, Scott, just jump right in. Tell us a little bit about your idea around the priestess when you first got it and your kind of your first spell book that you built with this with this mage. Yeah, sure. So we, um, before I was working with the company, I was a fan, like listening to the podcast right now, and uh, I was introduced to the game uh, by me playing a Beastmaster and my opponent playing a priest, or a priestess, and uh, we had a blast. We, we just had an absolute fun time. We, we played, I beat him, he immediately goes, where I lost, and I went, yeah, that's where you lost, and he goes, all right, we're playing again, <laughs> we played again, and it just kind of caught the bug for it. Um, it was funny because at the time... Uh, I really was. I really liked swarm decks in Magic. I really liked fast moving, and I, I thought that I was going to be immediately driven to the Beastmaster in his style of play. And then the more I was looking at my course set that I had taken home that year and looking at all the cards, it was like, oh, the Priestess looks pretty cool. I mean, the whole. You know, the ability to gain a life when you're, you know, revealing holy uh, enchantments and things like that. And the the flexibility that she offered seemed really cool. Uh, and the, the very first card that jumped out at me um, out of everything that was in the set uh, was actually a conjuration. And it was the Hand of Bim Shalah. Uh, at the time, <coughs> excuse me, at the time, the, the hand was uh, not errated. It, it's errated. Added now, um, 
but originally you could have a much crazier setup. Um, so it was both than, than what we're going to talk about now, even though right now is really worse. <laughs> um, the, the hand is, is <laughs> it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, in fact, I think myself and, and my, my playtest partner, Crack and Dan, when we did our videos of, of Mage Wars originally, I think that, that we were, uh, the first people to start, uh, <clears throat> kind of noticing, you know, hey, this, this card may be, uh, slightly broken and, and maybe we don't need to, you know, play with it this way and sent it to Brian and, and he was like, ooh, I never, I don't think anyone play tested it way. And we were like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, that's it. You know, so it was, it was an interesting <laughs> thing because, you know, the hand, the hand of Bimshalot is pretty powerful. It's a, it's a Zonix, which is, uh, like most of the conjurations. Originally, it was not unique. Uh, originally, it was just by itself, um, and that that allowed you to put multiple ones out. And in an environment when Majors was first starting, there was a lot of pe- people that were you know laying down a lot of mana crystals and laying down a lot of mana flowers. And I said, well, why do I want to mess around when I could just lay down a bunch of hand jalas for the same price? Uh, they were five mana. I, I had a, a two armor five health conduit that every turn allowed me to give somebody a creature uh, armor plus one or melee plus one I had a flexibility to heal one damage uh, which is really nice and the, the killer for us was at the time we were reading it we were like wow there's like no zone limitation like hand of bimshala on the bottom right hand corner of the map and I could be in the top left hand corner the map and I flip pretty token and I could get armor and melee plus one. Why why wouldn't I yeah, use this, absolutely. right? So I started Yeah, it was a no brainer. Now, since it's unique, it it still kinda you know, nerfed this build a little bit. But my idea became what if I made her a glass cannon? What if I started down the path of a really ticked off young lady with a staff of a Sira and a chip on her shoulder. And the idea was to pump her up as much as possible and make her a weapon of destruction. Um, now, at the time, this is only the core set. So, uh, you know, no Conquest of Kumanjaro, no, no Force Mass Lord, no additional, you know, added extras or flavor. So it was, it was all kind of vanilla. Um, but it was still very powerful. Uh, the, the crux of the whole book, and, and some people have heard me mention this on... Uh, when I was originally hired, I had talked about it, um, that I had this priestess tech, and that's what this was. Uh, it was all built around the staff of Asira, uh, which does four dice net naturally and allows you to phase and stun people. Uh, and you add in a mixture, a kind of a soft cocktail, or I guess in this case, a Malachi cocktail in some cases. <laughs> um, it was gauntlets of strength. Yeah, it was Gauntlets of Strength to give her plus one when she throws melee. Uh, Bear Strength, give her another plus two. The Hand of Bim Shalah, giving her a melee plus one. Uh, the Dawnbreaker Ring, giving her another plus one. And when you had the opportunity, you splashed in a charge um, to give her another plus one. So without the charge, she was going to be rolling nine dice naturally. Uh, with uh, all of her bonuses built in that, uh, to hit somebody in the head. Excuse me. Plus the opportunity to stun in days, which is is pretty good. good uh, nice. And mind you, at the time, you know, toughness wasn't a yeah, toughness wasn't a thing, right? There, there was no Colossus belt. There was no anything kind of slowing down your ability to uh, to stun or daze somebody. Now you still need to roll on a staff of a uh to stun somebody. We only needed a five to ten to daze, which was pretty nice. 
Um, the other nice thing was two versus non-living creatures, and it was ethereal. So if I had someone throw up a poison gas cloud, if I had someone throw you know any kind of wall in front of me that was going to slow me down, there were some really cool things you could do. And of course, if she went against the warlock back then, who used some some unliving or undead creatures, the uh, uh, the non-plus non-living did even better. So you go from a, a quiet little girl with her, you know, holy staff and, and healing people, uh, suddenly she becomes a beast. And it took a lot of people by surprise when, when we started playing local events, um, both myself and, and Dan, and Crack and Dan, my best partner, were running this, and uh, it was doing really, really nice. well. Uh, because most people were going after a more stereotypical build. Uh, they were doing a more of a, you know, a Beastmaster Rush or a Warlock Curse or a Warlock Burn deck. Uh, and, and it was almost kind of, you know, predictable. Um, that's not to say that our opponents weren't good. They were. They were very good. Uh, it was just that they they didn't really get outside the box too sure. much. Uh, and once we started playing with this Priestess, people were like, whoa, okay, that, that's a cool thought about that. Um, the ironic thing is the whole combination can kind of work with almost anybody in the course. Um, Gauntlets of Strength, Fair Strength, and um, Charge are all flexible to go with other people. Now, the Dawnbreaker Ring and the Hand of Imshalah gets a little different, um, but it's still it, it's pretty cool. The Hand is still one of my favorite cards to, to play with. Um, to pump any, um, while it was errated and it is unique now, and you don't get to have five hand of Bimshalas, you know, and have like you know paws of Bimshala everywhere. <laughs> um, you still five, uh, yeah. That's what we used to call it. You just kind of wrap your hands around you and everything. And um, but the the ability to add that melee plus one is really nice. Uh, I saw people splash hand of Bimshala into their Peacemaster books. Um, I actually just started, and it's a little funny. It's a little expensive, but it's a surprise, and it takes people off their kilter a little bit. Um, Hand of Bim Shalah in a uh, warlock deck, or in a warlock spellbook, uh, where you use the uh, the imps uh, that give you the uh, plus attack when something's burning, the wildfire imps, uh, and then you give them a little plus one melee oh, from the hand yeah. of It's uh, Yeah, it's pretty oh, nice. Oh, man, that is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Most people don't expect yeah. it, um, but it's pretty fun. Um, and I, that's the kind that I play. People know that I'm not a, a hardcore competitive player, but when I play, I like, I like to play differently. I like to do things that are going to take my opponents by, by surprise. So offer those moments of, ooh, yeah. you're doing that. <laughs> you well, know? That's one of the... Um, so, yeah, it's pretty fun. I was just going to say that that's one of the more um, on a meta level when you when you're just playing with people in your gaming circle at least at least in my experience you're going to see the same strategies over and over again but if once you start heading out to your local game stores yes. you go to some of these events and this goes for anything uh, not just Mage Wars but um, you know you go to see some of these tournaments and you start seeing what other players have thought of it's going to expand I think your idea of the game and expand the meta that you're um, that you know the game at right now to a whole nother level. So once you see somebody like Scott play something like that where you're not expecting and that light bulb goes off, now you have you know ten other ideas of spell books or or combos that you can make, and it's just a very to me a very rewarding experience playing with different players. Yeah, I remember 
remember, you know, when I was just kind of a major player and I only had my original core set and I was just like tearing apart books left and right. You know, I'd, I'd make an idea and put it together and I'd tear it apart and I'd make an idea and tear it apart. And we went through so many different builds and it was great. <laughs> the fun thing it is everything in the core set worked really well. I mean, it was a very solid, I mean, I still think about it, you know, if Mage Wars had never been anything but were set, it would still be a great mm-hmm. game. Um, it, it was even proven at Origins, right? The the gentleman, Harry, that, that won our tournament at Origins won with a, a spell book that was of the core set, and, and it's pretty amazing. Um, that's one of the things I like about the game, is that the like you said, there's metas that you're familiar with from your play circles. There's metas that you become more familiar with from the larger side of your normal play, and then the meta, you know, national and state levels, mm-hmm. and they're all different. And I, I have seen, you know, so many people have told me, you know, oh, well, this mage is the best mage, or this mage is the best mage. Uh, and I, I still stand by my initial opinion that no, no mage is better than any other mage. It comes down to the strategies that the players utilize. Absolutely. Um, and, and the ability to take something that they've put together and not just enact that strategy, but react to what their opponents do. So the priestess was my first. Uh, she was great. She was very flexible. She was, you could heal with her, you could deal with her. Um, yeah, some people even joked when, when they saw me, you know, have this build of this, this priestess tank, they were like, hey, it's the beginning of a paladin. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is actually <laughs> a little bit. So it was, uh, it was really kind of cool. So, um, but you know, now, now of course we're, we're playtesting on paladin versus siren as well. And I can, I can tell you from someone who used the priestess as a paladin-esque creature that, uh, the real paladin is going to blow that That's away. Awesome. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, we can't wait for that for sure. Um, so, what about the Malachi priest? Yeah. What, now, what, um, if you had to pick one, yeah. <laughs> can, can you pick just one right now? Can you pick priest over priestess, or are you, or is that still too close? It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. Um, I, I really love priest. Um, I really think that the Malachi priest is a very underrated mage uh, in terms of what people use uh, in competitiveness. I, I think. The, I, I have a spell book. Unfortunately, I don't have it with me, um, but I have a spell book uh, called Malachi's Cocktail, and it is so much fun. It is it's all around the concept of his built ability of being able to light people on fire with light damage. When I first saw him, uh, and, and I'm very transparent about this. I mean, most people know that I am with everything I do, yeah. but when I first saw Conquest Realms, I was like, nah, eh, it looks okay. You know, it looks like an average set to me. It didn't, it didn't blow me away, but it did well me at the same time. It just, it just kind of looked like, okay, this is, this is going to be kind of average. Um, but then I dug into the pretty. Now the Holy Avenger, pretty awesome. Uh, you know, his ability to make somebody his kind of holy protector, and you know, they can just come in and start stomping on people if you know anything goes wrong. Really good. Um, but the Malachi's Fire, I think, gets overlooked a lot because it's, it's A, it's so much smaller text than the Avenger is. Um, <laughs> but B, I think a lot of people look at it and they're like, well, it is. It's just, it's, you know, physically people look at it and they're like, oh, well, the Avenger has like, it must be so much more no, important. you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. it, it happens a lot. Um, but the, the Malachi, I think, because of the ones per round, I think people don't think it's that powerful. But it 
can be really powerful. I mean, you have the fact that the Malachi Priest already has a built-in light attack. Um, his ability, um, I, I think it was um, Hand of Purification, I think is what it was called, uh, was a light damage, uh, two dice, uh, nine or ten plus he dazed. Uh, but again, because it's light damage, it did damage to Ethereal, which was just awesome. Um, but being able to put a burn token on somebody doesn't seem like much, but when you put it into the ability of a class that doesn't normally get to put burn tokens on, it becomes something else that people have to deal with and they have to kind of prepare themselves Absolutely. for. Uh, well, what I did was I started putting it together, and when Forged and Fire was being playtested is really when and started to like, uh, I would do is I would have uh, wands included with him, and I would have wand with pillar of light, which of course is the the really cheapo holy attack. Uh, it is a five mana two die attack. It's phenomenal because again on a four plus it dazes, and you have the ability to possibly stun on eleven plus. Mm. It only rolls two dice, but put it on a wand and you keep firing it off, or later it gets really annoying because for a cheap amount of, of mana, you're getting a good amount of damage through with the ability to put that Malachi's fire on them. Uh, um, and because you have it wanted, and you hopefully have multiples in your spellbook, you're going to be able to keep bringing it back out. But then with Forged and Fire came Ignite, and Ignite honestly is one of my favorite cards. So it's good. so simple, yeah. and it's so good. It's it's so cheap. It's it's two mana, and, and if you wand it, if you get that on a mage wand, and you're basically every turn you can spend two mana and just anything that doesn't anything not on fire, boom, you're off. It's great. Um, it's just again something else that most people are not thinking about or, or prepared for already. Um, and the the nice thing about that is the ignite. Uh, can only go on a creature that does not have a burn token, but the Malachi's Fire can stack onto something that does already have a burn, burn token on it. So you want to use Ignite early, then you can drop a Pillar of Light on them, and then you can Malachi Fire off of that as well. Uh, and then uh, there's a lot of additional kind of tricks of the trade you could do, so to speak, from that. Because uh, again, going back to what we talked about from the Priestess with the hand of Bimshot. Well, his holy hand of purification, the the built-in attack on his mage card, is a melee attack. So if you hand a Bimshot, he's now rolling three dice instead of two dice. Again, you can throw original stuff you were talking about, maybe with like some bear strength. Now with lion savagery, mm -hmm. things like that, you can start to get up there pretty darn quickly, and you can start to throw quite a bit of dice. Now, the, the trick, I think, with both of them, and we haven't really talked about this too much, um, and I, I think this is a part of the game that for new players especially can really seem as important, but I think is just strategically amazing, is around guarding. Uh, in either case, they're both clothies. I mean, at the end of the day, they are, they're, they're both priests or priests that are running around with you know, less health than anybody else. Now there's tricks that you can add in, like sunfire amulets and things like that, to to help gain life and, and and offset things like that. But one of the better things to do, in my opinion, is just have a really really good creature or creature in your spellbook that can act 
as your guard. Um, as, as you know, a creature can take a quick action and put their guard token on them and then basically act as a taunter. If somebody wants to do that zone and attack the mage, they end up having the creature with the guard marker on it. Well, in the course set with this, the Knight of Westlock was a he he was like the built-in protector he had the defense of eight plus at 10 health had three armor he counter struck with five dice he was awesome <laughs> i mean just beefy nasty guy right uh and then later we got uh, which so far is, is honest creature to guard with from the holy school uh She's playing. She's got intercept, which just pretty much makes her the guard. I mean, she's just awesome. Um, she also has an eight plus defense. She's got a little more health, a little less armor, um, but she's also got Aegis one, and the Aegis one is phenomenal. So either one of them are, are really, really good. Um, but then Forge and Fire just came out with an even cheaper, better option for the priests uh, or the priestess players, which is the uh, Syrian Defender. And he was a promo card for a while from one of our OP kits, and, and now he's uh, in Forged and Fire. He is, I believe, eight mana uh, and has the nine defense. Uh, but again, two armor, eight health, and a three die attack. So if you're looking to go cheaper on the protection, you, you could throw one or be able to use them so you can build up for later. And later in the game, you pull out a Knight of Westlock or a Guardian Angel, and it's just go to town because not going to be able to touch you they're just going to go after your guard That's right, yeah. and to me personally because I play differently one of my favorite cards to splash in with the priest and the priestess is teleport trap uh, teleport trap was probably one of my favorite tricks from the original core set and when you're dealing with someone uh, either with trying to light damage or your priestess maybe playing her in that tank mode like I was talking about it's really awesome when you can throw a teleport trap down in your own zone and just wait for someone to come to you and move wherever you move them to and charge after them and go nuts on them. Uh, and now that Lion Savagery is out, it makes teleport trap even better. Mm -hmm. It's just so much fun. So, uh, those combinations can become very devilish, uh, very damaging really quickly. Uh, and, and you can see just from talking about just these two simple strategies that they're very different. Um, you know, most people think when we talk alternate mages that oh, it's just the same mage, slightly different abilities. Two very different things. I mean, the the concept of the Holy Avenger and the Malachi's Fire on the Malachi Priest versus uh, the ability to, to heal herself reveals holy spells uh, and, you know, just... There's so much difference built into the basics of the, the, the two creatures of the two mages, giving you the building blocks to go in two totally different paths, but still stay within the same school, utilizing similar building blocks. Just it's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's just um, that's something that uh, Arcane Water, you all um, have done very well, I think, is bringing in, <laughs> um, just like you said, people think that if I got uh, a two priests, basically, or a priest and a priestess, they're going to be kind of the same thing, but they actually have a lot of different variety. Um, which is nice. It allows people to, again, broaden that scope just a little bit and start working in different strategies they wouldn't normally think of otherwise. So, um, very cool. Oh, you know what else I didn't think of that I just thought of is in, the, and again, I apologize because I don't have the book in front of me. It's not staring me in the face. 
Um, but a really nice addition for the Malachi Priest from Forged in Fire was Combustion. Oh, yeah. yeah um, Combustion is the one that you get to remove the burn tokens, and, and you get to deal 2x the number of burn tokens in, in attack dice. Um, that's really cool. Just um, In fact, <laughs> I, I, I started... I started doing something really kind of funny, um, so and and I'm really disappointed because I left a spellbook somewhere in the last week. Um, but if anyone was at Gen Con or anyone has seen, it, we have a, a new uh, translucent attack dice. Uh, we have um, they're like uh, smaller uh, than what comes in the the base set. They're 12 millimeter instead of 16 millimeter. Uh, and they come in different colors. There's like blue and green and yellow and orange. Yeah, they're very cool. And, um, just head over to Arcane Wonders, go to the, see them. They're they're very very cool. Um, but what I've been doing is I, I you know teed those up with the the different types of uh, mages I was playing. Well, because they're holy, my priests use the yellow dice. But whenever Malachi priest rolls a light damage attack and has the somebody potentially i switched to the orange dice <laughs> it's just it's this weird like mental thing yeah. and it's worked pretty well so far it's it's you know what's what's the old thing it's not superstition if it doesn't work yeah, exactly. so it's, it's, it's uh, the uh, turning your baseball cap backwards and uh, over the top with sylvester salute it is it is it is yes well cool scott um is there but there's a lot of tricks <laughs> go ahead no, as I say, there's a lot of tricks, and at the end of the day, that, that more than one thing about Mage Wars to me is that you, you and I could each come to the table with a Malachi Priest spellbook, and it'd be completely different. Yeah. Uh, you could run a lot of creatures; I could run one or two. You could be about healing and beats, and I could be about fire and offense, and they're the exact same creatures, and it's just a matter of where your imagination can take you and what you want to do with it. And it makes the replayability of the game so much more fun because, like I said, you could sit down with one, sit down with another. We could get done playing it, and I could immediately say to myself, like you said, wow, that sparked this idea. Uh -huh. I want it now. It gives you a whole new reason to explore the game for even with maybe even changing the mage that you have an affinity to. So it's really fun. Absolutely. I, mean, I can echo that all day long. So... Um, everybody, that's going to bring this episode of Mage Wars Mondays to a close. Uh, Scott, is there anything you'd like to uh, mention before we sign off here? Um, no, I mean, we miss Aaron. We hope he's having fun at, uh, at Grand Con. Um, I think, let's see, what's coming up here pretty soon? We've got... Um, we got a whole bunch coming up. I think the, the next really, really big convention for us is going to be BGG uh, in in November, uh, we got a couple of trade shows in between here and there, but fans, the BGG Con is going to be the next big one. But between now and then, she comes out, uh, and we're still working steadfast and, and fervently on Mage World Battlegrounds, on Paladin vs. Siren, and on Academy, uh, and I'm really, really excited about that. I think probably the only other thing that would be good to mention uh, real quick that a couple of people have asked me about um, is about our app. Um, so for anyone who does know, have been working app uh, with a great partner of ours, uh, Super. They're doing a, uh, a status tracker spellbook builder app for us uh, that will be available on both iOS and Android. Uh, and we are just about to enter for that, which is really cool. And yeah, that's awesome. 
because once we get done with that and go into our final tweaks, that maybe it's going to be in the public side. So <laughs> we're, we're very, I'm very excited no, about that's that. Great, I've, I love it. I, I and you know, and, and people who listen to this know I'm a fan at heart, and uh, I I love things like this that uh, you know make it really easy. Uh, we just, you know, a side case that we put on the uh, the store recently, we put the magnetic status boards on the store, uh, which sold out ridiculously quickly. So thank you, everyone that ordered those. We have a whole other shipment of those coming in, so those are going to be back in stock. Um, but people have always tried to find, you know, alternative ways to tracking statuses during the game, and I think that the app, app is really going to be a big help for people. I think they're really going to like it. Um, and the Spellbook Builder, is really side of it. Um, you're able to search real time. You're able to search by keywords. Lots of different options. So that that is uh, also in the works. Uh, we're still searching for later this year. We have an official date yet, um, but we do have, have everything moving with Google Play and with the, uh, the Apple App Store, trying to uh, push through all the final pieces of that. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. So lots lots of good things. Coming. Awesome. That sounds great, man. Well, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. Um, on behalf of everybody here at Let's Level Up and uh, Arcane Wonders, I just want to say thank you and game on. Play more Mage Wars. <laughs>